Sean Sajid Historical Podcast, where we interview some of the greatest historical people who have achieved amazing things in history. In today's episode, we will be interviewing the famous explorer, Vasco da Gama. We will not only discuss his voyage to the east, but also about his early life as a child and a young adult. This is only part one of the podcast. You can listen to the rest of the Vasco da Gama series soon. I, Aryan Sajid, will be your narrator for this series. Now listeners, please welcome to the show, Vasco da Gama! Thank you, Aryan. I am deeply honoured to come onto your show. So, shall we begin? I'm ready when you are. Now, let's begin from the very start. Where and when were you born? Well, I was born at one of the seaports on the Antejo coast in the town of Sines, in southern Portugal, around the year of 1460. What about your family? Ah, yes. I had lots of family. Papa and Mama, also known as Estievo da Gama, and Isabel Sobre. Papa was the commander of the fortress in southern west, south, southwestern pocket of Portugal. My brothers, Polo da Gama, Joa Sodre, Pedro da Gama, Erez da Gama, and of course, my one sister, Teresa da Gama. Wow, that is a lot of family. Well, you educated. I studied the town of Evora and learned to mathematics, astronomy and navigation. Did you have a job or make little wages when you were young? Of course I did. I took up soap making in Estremoz and got little money out of it. I was also a knight in the household of the Duke of Vissel. How I honoured that title so much. How did you get into navigation? Well, when I was old enough, I joined the Portuguese Navy and was then taught how to navigate fully. I soon became a fearless sailor and King John II had noticed this about me. In the year of 1492, the king himself sent me to Algarve to catch the pesky French ships as revenge for my government disturbing our shipping. You must have been a skillful sailor for this king to notice you. Yes, yes. Not to brag, but yes. What was your inspiration to explore the East? What motivated you? Well, back in those days, people were amazed by the taste of spices in India. And I wanted to trade for them and taste them myself. This was also a reason for opening the sea route to the east. Now, on to the main part, your voyage. Why did you go to the east in the first place? The king told me to lead a fleet of Portuguese ships into the east in search of a sea route from western Europe to the mysterious east. 
which then nobody in Europe knew about. Of course, I carried on with this request and eventually set sail to the east with 170 men with me. Please, tell us more about the voyage and what you experienced. I only remember the essentials, not all the details, but I will try my best. We set off on the 8th of July in the year 1497. Yes, that's it. I believe the names of the ships were Sao Gabriel, Berio, and Sao Rafael. There was also another ship that I do not know the name of. I do, however, remember that it was a store ship, but I am old and remembering is hard. Well, to be this old and remember this much is quite phenomenal. <laughs> About 170 men. One, my brother Polo, along with three interpreters, two who spoke Ara yes, Arabic, and one who spoke lots and lots of Bantu dialects were on board. Nine days after we set off, we passed the Canary Islands, and then on the 26th of July landed on Sao Tiago on the islands of Cape Verde. We stayed there till about the start of August, eight days or so. So, good so far, right? Not entirely. Because the currents of Gulf of Guinea, we had to take a long detour through the South Atlantic before we could go around the Cape of Good Hope. Well, that must have been annoying. It was. And we reached Santa Helena Bay on November 7th. But the most annoying thing was that high winds and fast currents forced us to wait 15 days until we could round the Cape of Good Hope. On November 25th, after we had rounded the Cape of Good Hope, we arrived at Mosul Bay and assembled a padrao on one of the islands. What's a padrao? Padraos are just stone pillars that we use to mark the new discovery. Oh, so kind of like how Neil Armstrong set up the American flag on the moon. Who was he? It doesn't matter. This interview is about you, not about him. Should I carry on then? Of course. Where was I? Oh, yes. We had set up a padrao on one of the islands there. I had also ordered for the store ship to be broken up, and we were back sailing on December 8th, and eventually reached the coast of Natal on Christmas. A couple of weeks later, on the 25th of January, we had anchored near the mouth of a small river which ran between Natal and Mozambique. We called the river Rio de Cobre, which in your language means Copper River. January 25th, we had reached the Quelamine River in Mozambique. We named that river Rio dos Bonsines, which meant the River of Good Omens. We then erected another padrao, and we wasted a whole month while the ships were being prepared. 
It must have been a relief to finally rest for a month. This voyage sounded like really hard work. It was, and many of the crew were sick of a disease called scurvy, which could kill you. That must have been awful. Tell us more about the voyage. Okay then. It was March 2nd, and we had reached the island of Mozambique. The inhabitants of the island thought that we were Muslims like them, and the Sultan of Mozambique supplied us with two pilots. One of the pilots fled when he found out that we were Christian and not Muslims. I had learned that they traded with these Arab merchants, and there were four Arab vessels filled with riches like gold, spices, silver, and more. Wow, that is a lot of riches. I know, it was absolutely wow. I also learned another thing. Prester John, the long-sought Christian ruler, had lived in the interior of Mozambique, but had lots of coastal cities as well. Carrying on with the voyage, we had reached Mombasa, which is now in Kenya, on the 14th of April, and the Gujarati pilot was taken aboard to lead the way to Calcutta, which was on the southwest coast of India. Finally, after 23 days across the Indian Ocean, we spotted the Ghats Mountains of India, and we reached Calcutta on May 20th. I set up a padrao to, there to prove that I, Vasco da Gama, had successfully reached India on a long voyage and was officially the first European man to reach India. That was one long journey, but you sure did push on and on and on until you finally reached the East. Well then, that is all we have time for in this episode of the Vasco da Gama series. But please check out the second episode of this series next time to find out what the inhabitants of Calicut thought of Vasco da Gama, as well as other factors about him. See you soon! Bye!